I'm Julian Jackson. You're listening to The Crockpot, the smorgasbord of sports news with a little added spice. Brought to you by the Score on Air Network. This is where you don't know what you're going to get until you grab a bowl and dip your ladle in. Sit back, relax, and listen to what's cooking. Hey, 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 what's going on today? This is Julian Jackson right here, and you're watching The Crockpot here on the Score on Air Network. Uh, like I did say, I'm Julian Jackson. Tag right underneath me there, J Jackson on air. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. And my co-host here, Mr. Seth Donahoe. Why don't you say something to him, Seth? Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? Staying, uh, hopefully everybody's staying a little warm out there in the Ohio area. Got a lot of snow over the past couple days, so... I'm trying to stay warm, that's for sure. Man. Maybe uh, this crock pot of sports will help warm me up. I'll tell you what, this sucker's on warm all day long. <laughs> We're running this baby for eight hours. I'll tell you what, all you need, though, just add a little bit of water. It's got all the flavor that you need. And I want to go ahead and introduce a great guest that we have right here, and he's actually the producer of this show. It's the Pretty Boys champ, y'all. What up, what up, what up, what up? Thank you for having me. Hey, happy I'm, to have you here. I'm excited to be here. It's my first production, man. Um, you guys are really good, though, so y'all going to make it easy for me, man. I know. That's good, hey, man. That's good. We hey. couldn't do it without you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you do need me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, hey, look, so you guys, um, you know, one of the biggest things here, and what I want to go ahead and do is just kind of break down what – you know, this kind of looks like what you're going to be getting here is typically, um, you know, the latest in sports news, the hottest in sports news, but also a little bit of added flavor. So you're going to see what I'm talking about as we get into some of the topics later on in the show. You're going to hear a little bit about some X games. You're going to hear about some hockey. You're going to hear about football, basketball, baseball. I mean, not all in one show, but as the time goes on. So I just want to let you know what it is that you're looking at. And if you're interested, make sure you're staying tuned on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. here on Score on Air Network. So look, man. We got to talk about the latest happening right now. And first and foremost, we have Matthew Stafford, longtime Lions quarterback. He's going to be playing this upcoming season at 33 years of age. And let me tell you what, two first round draft picks and a third round draft pick plus Jared Goff gets the LA Rams, the, it gets the job done for the LA Rams. What do you have to say about that, Seth? Well, from what I hear, a lot of people are really ragging on Matthew Stafford because they act like he's this old guy who's been in the league forever and doesn't have much left in the tank. And I beg to differ with everybody that's been saying that. I mean, like you said, he's only 33 years old. He's got another six solid years in him, I believe. Um, I mean, looking over his stats when he was in Detroit, I mean, he had a 74-89-1 and 89 record, which is tough because Detroit has not been very good over the past 10, 12 years, uh, only a couple of winning seasons. Um, but he's had a 5,000-yard season, a f another season with just under 5,000 at 49-67, um, and in only one game, or in only one season, excuse me, where he played a full 16 games has he thrown for under 4,000 yards. The guy can throw the football. He can sling it around on the field. He is a great quarterback. And honestly, this is something that Matthew Stafford need is, needs is a great, which has usually been the top defense in the entire league the past couple years. He needs that kind of de defense because on offense, he's able to score points. Well, and I want to go ahead and just touch back on one thing that you said, and you said he's sitting at only 33 years of age. Now, now what, are, what are you really trying to say to me? At 33, 
is old, isn't it? I mean, it it can get up there. I mean, on a, obviously he hasn't accomplished a lot because of how, like I said, how bad that Detroit team has been. But now going to L.A., he can accomplish a lot more in the next three, four, five seasons than what he did in 12 with Detroit. As long as he got the protection. Now, and some of those statistics are actually very compelling. And one thing I want to point out, and, and I don't know if you have the breakdown for that, and it's okay if you don't, but you're looking at how many of those seasons with such great numbers, 4,000-yard passing season, things of that sort, were with Megatron. And with some of the top-tier guys that he had on the team. Now, you know, you end up getting latter seasons with him, and you're talking about Golden Tate, and you're talking about this, and you're talking about that. You know, they, they've had a failed run game. They've been through a couple of different coaches now. Um, just got rid of Matt. Got got rid of Matt Patricia. Um, Adrian Peterson had told them entering the or nearing the end of the season that he was no longer wanting to be around for that. He's not there for a rebuild, which is where he knew they were going. Right. He wants to win a championship. And Adrian Peterson also of older age. Okay, and I understand what you're saying when you're talking about maybe only 33 as a quarterback. But if that's when you're not being beat up the way that some of these other guys. And we've seen horror stories throughout the league over different periods of time. Mm-hmm. But what do you think that his future is going to hold for him in L.A.? I mean, in the next five years, I think that you could see them possibly in a Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's too early to tell right now. Uh, going back like you said, he had the likes of Megatron and, and some great players on that offensive end. But that's not taken away from the likes of Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay that he had while he was in Detroit here these past couple years. Um, yeah, Adrian Peterson is getting old, but I'll tell you, he's one of the hardest runners at his age. You know, yeah. he puts everything all out on the field. They ended up bringing a new running back in with uh, DeAndre Swift. So for Jared Goff and everything, you know, he might work out well. But back to what you said. Matthew Stafford in L.A. I think is a great option. Um, You know, ever since Jared Goff uh, and the Rams had gone to the Super Bowl, he's just really been kind of off. He hasn't – he's got some touchdowns, but he's got more interceptions. Um, Got that Todd Gurley syndrome. Yeah. You know, in the Super Bowl season – he had 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Uh, the the season following that, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, and then this season only 20 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. So since that Super Bowl, he's really just fallen off. Um, but I think bringing in a personally, I think a better thrower, better quarterback in Matthew Stafford uh, will be able. That offense is really going to ignite. Um, Rams don't really usually put up a whole lot of points on offense. They usually win their games because of how good their defense is and not letting the opposing offense score. So now adding that effect for L.A. I think makes them even more dangerous. Yo, Pretty Boys Champ, what do you think about this trade, man? I mean, what do you have to say over there? I know I I just saw you kind of, you know, tweaking a little bit. Seemed like you you, you feel some kind of way about this right now. What do you have to say? Um... I, I really don't like the trade. I, I I literally think that the uh the Rams overpay for him. Um like two ones and a three for Matt Stafford. You know, they never won a division with him. He's been in that since uh two thousand nine. Detroit has never won a division. You know what I mean? So you're you're not winning games, you're doing numbers. You only have seventy four wins total. So I, I just don't like it. Um Jared Goff isn't a thrower, isn't a passer, but he has wins. You can win games with him. Um, we'll see. 
just not really a fan of Matt. He's he's hurt all the time. Um, he takes a lot of chances with the football. I don't like his decision making. Um, you know that division is tough too. The Niners will be back. Like you got, I, I really like the idea. They would have went out and spent the house on Deshaun Watson and got them a mobile quarterback. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Because go yeah. ahead. No, nope. oh gonna... no. I mean, and, and here's what I want to go ahead and say is that last week when we were actually on the Millennial Pod, uh, Seth and I together, um, alongside. Uh, Aaron Schleter, something that we had discussed was Stafford's moves, and maybe he's going to end up in Washington. Um, different, Different possibilities for where he's going to go. And for me, I wanted to avoid him like the plague, like it was the Rona in 2019, well, 2020, okay, and which we're still sitting amongst us, but obviously I'm joking, but I wanted to avoid him because it didn't seem like it would be the best fit. You have a great new coach in Washington with Ron Rivera. Stafford doesn't necessarily fit his mold. Rivera seems to like guys who are a little bit more mobile and can do some more things. Stafford always just kind of seemed like a stiff to me. And I don't want to call him a slouch, but I'll call Jared Goff a slouch and being able to say, I don't believe there's any way for you to be able to revive him in Detroit. That's going to be a full rebuild. And from what I was hearing from uh, Mike Greenberg this morning was that The reason those picks were given up is because let's say they wanted to go ahead and let them go. They're basically paying. They're saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and give you something extra because his contract is crazy. Mm -hmm. Y'all have took on his contract. So now what we're going to go ahead and do is give you a little bit of cushion for the pushing because what we're going to do is eh, it might not end up working out for you. Four years, $110 million, all guaranteed for Jared Goff. Disgusting. I mean, that's something that. And and when they were winning and they were doing well as a team and Sean McVay was hot, but it's almost like when he went out there and kind of hit this beginner's luck, then Todd Gurley fell off, and then Goff fell off, and then Cooper Cup was getting hurt, and then different guys, you know, started talking a lot of mess in the secondary. Their whole team, something with that dynamic was different. Now, I would like to see Matthew Stafford do well, but I don't want him anywhere near my team. All right, and I want to go ahead and point out Pretty Boys Champs team all day long, and I know it's probably still a little sore for them, is the Buffalo Bills. So when you hear something referenced, that's my guy to go to. <laughs> so tell them tell, tell a little bit. Tell them about your team. Who you got? What, my team that's yeah, not in the playoffs? Yeah, team? Yeah. Look, we got some promising uh, – we got a promising quarterback down here in Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, he, of course, got an injury in his first season, which – Big surprise, every time we go into a draft, every freaking rookie that we draft seems to get injured. We've just been so injury-plagued over the last, like, five years. It's it's just unbearable. But, like I said, we got Joe Burrow in last year's draft. He seems like the real deal. In the few games that he played this season, he put up great numbers. So things look promising. Um, so we'll, we'll be a team to watch out for here in the next okay. uh, three All or four right. years. All right. Well, look, I mean, you know what I'm saying you've got in Washington still looking for a quarterback. My dream, obviously, would be Deshaun Watson. Um, but looking at some of these other vacancies, he's still homeless right now. I've got, you know, you've got Joe Burrow and Cincy. So when you're talking about quarterbacks being spoken for and in certain teams, and then obviously Josh Allen with the Bills. So my squad in this show is the only one who's still really not they're, – they're not coming – You'd like to get a a household name, but we'll save that for another time, and that'll be more for drafts. Now, what I did want to touch on, though, is the Super Bowl. And um, what we're looking at, obviously, is too great. They're calling it the mini goat or the baby goat or whatever it is. And I don't even like putting those kind of labels on folks before they've really been proven 
and tried and true. Now, we know, we all know about Tom Brady. Tenth Super Bowl played in. He's going for number seven. There's only been 55 Super Bowls in the Super Bowl era in the NFL. So this man has played for some 15% of, of these Super Bowls. And right now, what I really want to know is if it's Tom Brady to be able to be the victor, what does that look like? Where do you go from here? Who are we talking about again? Talking about the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay Tom Buccaneers. Brady. Tom Brady. Man, you know how much I despise Tom Brady being a Buffalo Bills fan. Do you know how happy I was to see him go to Tampa Bay only to see him play in another Super Bowl this year? Are you kidding me right now? Hey, I'm just saying. What does it look like if – what do you call this man more the than greatest. the greatest of all t- – The greatest. Yeah, like my wife even asked me yesterday. She said, what do you feel about Tom Brady? Besides that, I hate him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, he literally – dominated for 20 years, left a conference, and went and dominated another conference. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm the same way. I, I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, so I have no hatred really towards the Patriots or anything like that. Uh, but it's just Tom Brady, man. I just, There's just something about him that I just do not like about him, and maybe it's the fact that he wins all the time. I don't know. Maybe I'm envious of it and, and jealous and, you know, would want the would want the Bengals to get right, something like right. that, you know? So, but it, it is hard to sit here and say, you know, I can sit here and, and hate on Tom Brady as much as I can, but to say that he's not the greatest to ever play, I would be lying to you. Well, see, and one thing I want to point out is, and I love being able to get the perspectives from each of you two, but having teams in the AFC, right, Washington's in the NFC, Not that's something we would have to go up against if they would ever make a Super Bowl. You're going up against Tom Brady, and now he's playing in the NFC. So the best of both worlds, and what's really insane, is to be able to think about him winning again with another team. There was interviews with uh, Danny Amendola that said, when you talk about the Patriot way, that that uh, Tom Brady's name is going to be next to it in Webster's Dictionary and all the rest of this stuff. It has nothing to do with the coaching staff because this is this is proven now. The proof is in the pudding that this guy has now taken another team to the Super Bowl. It is a mindset thing. His confidence is contagious, but so is the lack of confidence. So if you have leaders who are out in front of you, who are not going to lead you to be superior and to be supreme, then they will fall off. And right about uh, their bye week, you know, right about the 8-10 game point, you know, people were saying, I don't think they're going to make it. And then they went and won the last five five straight. I think Mm -hmm. they're now on seven wins straight. So it's incredible to be able to work with. It's an incredible feat by, you know, but that's one person we know. And you guys talked about the hatred for Tom Brady, right, as a player, but recognizing and, and, and appreciating the fact that he is the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen play in our era and likely the greatest of all time. I'll give him that vote any day of the week. But like many other perennial superstars, many other greatest of all time vote getters, you have Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, died last week in this in 2020. Last week on this Tuesday in 2020, so yeah, it's been a week and a, or a, a year and a week um, for him. But he was someone who I didn't like, someone who I didn't appreciate while he was playing. He just had that cocky bravado. Something about him was just not right. And then as he got older and got closer to retirement, you saw the humility come through, and that's what I'm seeing with Tom Brady right now. So I don't think there's necessarily any implication, but. 
it's just another notch on his belt. And wouldn't that be great to be able to see it? And what better of a matchup can you ask for than Tom Brady? And then because Mahomes is likable for me. I don't know about y'all, but Mahomes is likable for me. I will take Mahomes any day of the week. Me and him, I feel like could go. Oh, he's over here nodding. Mahomes no. is Why? not. What's wrong with Mahomes? Mahomes is not my homeboy, man. After you didn't did my squad like that, we are no longer, you are no longer invited over to the kickers, to the car parties, to Sunday dinner. My homie, I don't want to see you no more, okay? So I mean, I think Tom Brady's a little bit more likable oh, if you man. like the true rocks. Crazy. You know what I mean? Because either, when, when you're dealing with two guys that win like this, as the, the Raiders fans is Mahomes likable or Tennessee or or what about the Niners fans or what about the Texans fans when they were up 24 nothing? how likable Mahomes is when he came back and beat them? Okay, like... And I don't know him personally. I've never met him. But as a public figure, I'd be more inept to go up and shake his hand than I would have been Tom Brady five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Or I would have been Kobe Bryant when I was growing up. Or, you know, and, and heck, if you're watching right now, yeah, Mahomes, I got you. Tom Brady, I got you. You can come on and kick it at the crib in Grandview, and we can go ahead and eat some chicken wings and drink some beer. And I know you don't because Giselle got you on that strict diet. But mm-hmm. all I'm saying. <laughs> what now? That's the wrong wife. Giselle is belongs to Brady. Um, you were talking well, Mahomes. No, no problem, no problem. They're both probably. I mean, you know, guys. I'm sure Mahomes wouldn't mind if you had him mixed up with his wife and Giselle. Um, I wouldn't complain about. I it. wouldn't complain <laughs> at all. What would you guys say about Mahomes? I mean, what are you looking at the implications for Mahomes versus Tom Brady if and when each one of them can go ahead and win? Only one of them's going to come out with a win. Right. You look at one guy coming out two Super Bowls in a row. Oh man, he's the very next best thing, bar none. Or you're looking at a guy who's. About to be planning on playing well into 45. Well, I want to first of all, like, I want to touch base on what you said about the whole Kobe Bryant thing. Because growing up, I've been a LeBron fan. I'm still a LeBron fan my whole life. So growing up, it was just kind of like that little rivalry for Kobe, you know. And I despised him and and just hated him. And then he retired, and I sat back and looked on his career, and I'm like, all right, he was pretty good. He's he's a pretty cool guy. And then, you know, out of his retirement, he just became more likable and everything. So I feel like that will probably be something that's happened – with me and Tom Brady because, mm-hmm. you know, I've just have not liked him his whole career while he's been playing. But now what I feel like is his final couple of years, I'm like, all right, you know what? I still hate him, but he's one. He's probably the best ever to ever play. I, I cannot allow y'all to just keep talking bad about Kobe. I just got to step in real <laughs> quick. I, I will not stand for this any longer, okay? Kobe Bryant is and will always be my favorite baller of all time. If you ask me, I'll put him over Mike, okay? Okay. Flat out. Okay. And, and that's and, 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 the torch. Might pass him the torch. And that's what I'm saying. Like, while he was playing, I, it, just because he was going against LeBron, I feel like I had that sort of hatred. And then when he retired, I looked back at his career, and I was like, wow, he really is one of the greatest ever, well, ever to play. When he was playing, LeBron wasn't winning no rings. That's probably why you ain't liking. Remember the most valuable puppets? Yeah. And LeBron could never make the finals. You remember the commercials? Hey, How hey. many rings you got, LeBron? <laughs> hey, don't you do it with my guy like that. Don't you do it with Look. my guy like that. He's won champions. Championships now with three different teams. Yep. So when you're talking about goats and stuff like that, yeah. you want to talk about Tom Brady. Yes, he has multiple with New England, but then he's also got two in Miami, one in Cleveland, and another one in LA, which is unbelievable. It's as unbelievable as any of these guys who go out here and play these games, man. I mean, it's kudos to all of them. But we're getting off topic. Uh, of course, going back. So going back to this Mahomes Brady matchup, you know, if Mahomes is able to pull off this victory. I, I've been thinking of it as the student has become the master now. You know, he's, of course, he had a great season in in Kansas City last year when they won the Super Bowl. This year, it's 
it's like they just picked up right where they left off last year. And I think that if Mahomes is able to pull this out, you know, I, I think it'll be a close game. You know, both defenses are are fairly solid. Both have great quarterbacks, uh, great offensive weapons. I think it'll it'll be a close game, maybe a field goal game. I don't know. But I think if Mahomes pulls this off, obviously it can be said that, hey, he is now obviously the next real deal. The student has become the master, and this is the guy to look out for and expect him to be in or near the Super Bowl every year. Well, and, and one thing that I want to touch on here is that with COVID protocol, this is not just any old Super Bowl. This is two of the greatest quarterbacks. This is two, the two greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. The two best quarterbacks, obviously proven through record and everything, all their victories, coming up and matching up against each other. So how exciting this is. And this is in a year where there are no sports fans. There are no one who is there. They're going to have first responders able to come to the game in Tampa on a limited basis who have been vaccinated, which is beautiful. But you're talking about the accomplishments that have been made this year in a year of COVID in a year of a pandemic. And, you know, the ratings are going to be through the roof. The ratings have been through the roof, and it's beautiful to be able to watch something like this. But I do want to be able to hear from you two briefly. I don't need to know why. Who's winning this game, and do you have a score? Uh, I'll go. I think it's kind of, you know, how fitting it is. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, and now Tampa Bay is playing in a Super Bowl. That's in Tampa Bay. Um, but I'm still going to stick with – oh, man, it's tough. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I'll go 34-31. Okay. Todd, what you got? I'm going to say Chiefs, and let's go 38-31. Chiefs 38-31. You know, I'm going to go ahead and let you know right now, Patriots. Patriots are going to win. Chiefs are down a few linemen. Too bad the Patriots are playing oh, in this game. Shoot. Look, it's going to be the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady's going to win. It's plain and simple. Tom Brady's going to win, okay? And 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 that right there is it's it's is as simple as put. He's going to end up playing again next year. Uh, Mahomes will have an opportunity to come back again next year right now. But the Chiefs are missing out on three guys. So um, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with that for right now. But hey, we are about to go ahead and head into a break. So when we do come back, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the surprise that they've been so far in this shortened season, as well as some teams in college not playing so hot. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player, that is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. 
That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. At Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. That's 614-864-6656. to the Crock-Pot right now. You're watching on Score on Air Network every Tuesday at 1 p.m. We're going to stir this Crock-Pot up, and instead, we're going to talk about the hot-to-trot Cavaliers. I don't know what's going on. We spoke about this briefly on the Millennial Pod. The Cleveland Cavaliers now going to playoffs in a shortened season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You said it. I said it. I said it. Schleter thought we were a joke. And I don't know. I mean, it's too soon to tell. But what is going on in Cleveland right now after they beat the Nets? After James Harden went up there, they beat the Nets. They've been rolling forward now. What's what's going on now? They beat the Nets both games when they uh, when they actually had the trade. Uh, first game is when all three, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden played, and they beat them 147-135 uh, in double overtime. Um, and... First off, with the Nets, I mean, they're gonna they have some of the best talent on the face of the earth on one team. Their offense is gonna score. I've actually seen a stat where their like offensive efficiency is the highest in the league or the highest of all time, and their defense's efficiency would be the worst of all time. So, um, you know, we were able to get two uh, big wins from there. Um you know, Colin Sexton in that first game had 42 points. Colin Sexton, by the way, is turning into the player that I expected him to be. A lot of people don't seem to like him in Cleveland, but he is the face of this franchise, honestly. Hey, uh, uh, but I don't mean to interrupt you, and I really like Colin Sexton. I have a really good story to tell you real quick that adds on to you. So last week when they go play the Nets, right, mm -hmm. the story is KD actually reported this. Colin Sexton walks into the locker room, walks past KD, walks past Harden, taps Kyrie on the shoulder and says, hey, lace him up real tight. And that's the game he dropped 42 on him. That's a little tidbit about your boy Colin Sexton. So, like, I, I really love what he's bringing to the NBA. Yo. I did not hear about that. That's, that's fierce. That's fierce. That's coming for your head. Yeah. <laughs> that's coming for your head. You're going to come for KD. Ooh. Yeah. KD. Yeah. Mm. Look. I mean, he's the real deal, you know. He's been putting up – he's only been in the league, I think, like three or four years, three years. But he's just been putting up sensational numbers, especially this year. Um, after the, that two-game skid, ended up getting stomped by the Celtics. Uh, I mean, they only shot 40% from the field to where the Celtics shot 56. I mean, if you're shooting 40% from the field in the NBA, you're not going to be winning too many games. 
Uh, LeBron ended up making his return to Cleveland. Um, unfortunately, they lost that game to the Lakers. LeBron dropped 46, 8, and 6. Win a surprising 7 for 11 from yeah. 3. Dude was on fire. Um, and also, alongside Colin Sexton, I am so, so happy that we got Andre Drummond in yeah. that trade last yeah. year because the dude has been putting up double-doubles left and right. I mean, in that L.A. game, Drummond went 25 and 17 rebounds. Um, and... Uh, the most one of their most recent games on January 31st against Minnesota, they ended up dropping that one. But Drummond had 25 and 22. Uh, they played last night, ended up getting the win against the Timberwolves, um, 198. Colin Sexton had 26, okay. and Jarrett Allen, recent uh, trade from Brooklyn in that mm-hmm. four-way deal. Yeah. Love that what, pickup. Love that pickup. Yes, okay. he has done. I mean, he he's not your superstar, but the dude will work his butt off. And that's what I love. I mean, he ended up getting a double-double last night, 23 and 18. And it, it, him and Toreen Prince, those two those two guys coming over to Cleveland, I just think it adds a little more depth. Um, I mean, I'll go back to what I said a couple weeks ago when we were on the Millennial Pod. You know, we got the guards, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. We got the big men, Andre Drummond, Larry Nance, now Jarrett Allen. I just feel like we're kind of missing that three, that three man that we really need to fully put this team together. But – Hey, they're ten and eleven this season, and they're they went from a couple weeks ago when we were on the Millennial Pod. They went from fifteenth in the East to they are now seventh in the East. Well, and I do recall though at that time that Sleater and the Millennial, the Millennial man himself, had said they won't break twenty wins. Yep. And it's looking nice right now, and I can't wait for that show on Thursday because that sounds like a bunch of hogwash and tomfoolery right now for you, Aaron. Yeah. And I can't believe you'd say something like that. Yeah. Especially in a 72-game season. And that he, We're looking at oh, 50. What is it? 50 is it, is it 20. 72 this year? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. confusing with hockey. But so, go ahead. Uh, I just think that I really like them. They're young. I think they're uh, two pieces away. And I think they just need to make some moves because because um I, I believe the Brooklyn Nets are not going to win the East. They I believe they gave up too much for Harden. They don't have a big. They don't have a bench. Mm-hmm. I believe if the Cavs could get a playmaker in that starting lineup and really take the ball out of Sexton's hands and let him just operate as that scorer, mm-hmm. and then bring some. 15, 17 points off the bench, a six-man, they'll be in good position to compete with a team like Miami or something like that because they can really run with them. They match up good with a team like Miami. And I liked, unfortunately, you know, we had a guard, Kevin Porter Jr., who had some legal troubles and stuff before the season started. And then with uh, the big trade, the big James Harden trade, you know, he got ready to come back for a game and he – Kind of had a he had some choice words with Toreen Prince, who had just recently came over from Brooklyn. He had some choice words with him before the game started, so they ended up making a trade happen with Houston, and Houston picked up Kevin Porter. And I was I I, I was a fan of him, you know. Not a lot of people were looking his direction to be able to be a, a, one of the stars on this team, but he was a good guy. Um, but just some things this offseason just put him in a bad situation, and we had to get rid of him. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, too, because when you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers as a team, you know, completely decimated as LeBron leaves because everyone has always worshipped the ground he walked on in Cleveland, 
He's the poster up on the wall right across from the stadium, and people would cry and boo-hoo when he was gone, and they booed him, you know, at times when he come back, but he still got them the championship, right? Mm -hmm. And so LeBron James was the person who got me into basketball at some point, and if it wasn't for him and me hearing about him getting a Hummer when I was a kid in school, yeah. then I never would have really followed him or then followed the Cavs because he ended up with the Cavs. So I followed the Cavs. I I like to follow players more so than teams, especially when it comes to the NBA, because that's where you're going to get a lot of the excitement from, a lot of that drama, a lot of that hype. I mean, I could sit here and talk about, you know, him arguing with somebody in the crowd and them get kicked out of the game last night. And, you know, I mean, it's just – or the, the other night. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. silly, stupid little stuff. But, I mean, I can certainly appreciate – like the love for the Cavaliers and what it is that they're doing. And they also had a setback last year when it was there was the coach from um, from Michigan who came in and then they ended up canning him, mm -hmm. you know, over some things that were said, never really ended up getting, you know, more than one side of this. You know what I mean? There were a couple of different sources that said what he said. He just wasn't real respected and maybe he just wasn't the best fit. But now you're still going to be looking at, can you get in the playoffs? Maybe. Sure. But you're also going to be looking at, what what that might look like a few seasons away, right? You say that Todd said, you know, Pretty Boys Champs sit there and say that they're only a few pieces away. Well, that might still end up taking. You can only do but so many trades in a season. You have to mm -hmm. see how that molds and what that looks like to get that finished product, right? You got to throw it in the crock pot and you got to let it stew and you got to stir for six, eight <laughs> hours. Maybe you go, you put it on the warm, you know, so you could take a little, you know what I'm saying? You go ahead and throw some more ingredients in there and then you go ahead and test it again out later. Yeah. But, all I'm saying is I want the Cavs to do well. I will cheer. I will root for the Cavs. It's just I want them to make playoffs because we called them making playoffs, mm -hmm. and I don't want anything else to have to be said, and I don't want them to go going on the Millennial Pod to let, tell Aaron that he's correct Yeah, because I don't like being wrong, and I don't like saying apologies. I don't like saying sorry, okay? That's just not me. I won't. I won't say sorry to you. I won't. Don't say sorry. Mm -mm. Nope, never. All right, so look. After a little Cavs talk, what I did want to really tell you about, what I really wanted to discuss here was these college teams that have fallen off the wagon. It's, I don't know if coaches are drunk. I don't know if players are drunk. I don't know if it's COVID. And see, I'm throwing out these things because I want to see what y'all have to say. The teams that I'm looking at, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State, these teams all on the brink of not making the big dance. And, and unranked teams right now. And it's sad to look at. It, you look at Coach Krzyzewski, he looks disheveled. You, he had his interview, and he's like, well, yeah, we, 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 I tried to do this at practice when I saw some things, and is it the kids that he's recruiting? And, and does the one-and-done rule, is that starting to, to rear its ugly head for some of these programs? Because remember, it, it's a little bit of a stretch, but Zion Williamson would be a junior? This year? No, he'd be sophomore. a C. He'd be a junior this year. No, he'd be a sophomore. He had one year last year in the NBA. Last year was his only. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Right, we just got cut short. But yeah, still, so he, he would be, be a, a junior, junior this year. And I know players that are really good and premier players, you're not going to stay that long, right? But the one-and-done rule is that deterring guys from coming. What, what do you all think about these teams that are perennial powerhouses now down in the dumps? I mean, I think the biggest thing is obviously COVID. Uh, you know, you, there's a lot of, like, the normal invitations and stuff that most of these teams get invited to, like the Maui Invitational, uh, that some of these bigger teams get to go to. You know, you kind of see those as 
little preseason games, if you will. Um, I mean, obviously it counts towards their record, but there's just a lot of implications that have been set to where they haven't been able to operate like they normally would be. Um, I mean, Michigan State is sitting 13th out of 14th right now in the Big Ten. They're 2-6 and six in the conference, 8-6 and six overall. They just lost to Ohio State the other day. Um, not to take away anything from Ohio State. Ohio State's having an, an incredible year. But usually, you know, you see Michigan State up there in the top ten. Uh, they started out in the top ten, top five, I, I believe, at the start of the season. And then they started off, you know, 6-0. and oh. And then they got into some conference play. They really started going down. And then... Heck, they just had, I think, 20, 21 days off because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, playing a, not playing a full three weeks is really going to affect your game plan and your game style and, and how you approach these upcoming games because some of these teams that they go up against, they're still playing. You know, they are, they're still in this routine of playing against fierce competition, having to play to their highest level. And to be able to... Miss 20, 21 days is it's just not good for your team. Are you referring to that December stretch when they when they said all non conference games cancel? Yeah, I believe okay. so. When they said they were going to resume play at that time, yeah. and and I'm glad that you brought that up because that does seem like a big deterrent for you and your season and what it is that you're doing, um, the flow of the game. It's kind of like you're restarting again. But okay, all right, pretty boys got he's shaking his head over here for me. What you got? Everybody had to do that. They they not the only ones. Everybody. Yeah. So these mid-majors that's blowing through them. You know what I think? I just think that $100,000 doesn't as go as far as it used to. Because these coaches could take that money into those houses and drop it off, and those players was there, and they was there to stay, man. And now guys going wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Duke mm-hmm. and Kentucky, and the names ain't as big no more. Look at the um, Scottie Pippen. And, 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 his, and, you know, these guys are going to St. John's. I mean, you feel what I'm saying? Like, they're staying three well, years. And also in light of some recent events, social events and injustices and things of that sort, in a mixture with COVID and a lot of different things happening, though, you had some premier guys, I believe at least one. I can't remember the young man's name. He's 18 years old. And he had an opportunity to go to a, you know, a Power 5 school, you know, a good basketball conference. Instead, he chose an HBCU. Um, which is which is completely fine, and I love that, right? Because you're going to start to be able to see some of these mid majors and some of these lower tier teams. And if you want to hear more about mid majors, then tune into Mark Phages on the Mark with Mark Phages. Um, it's it's like I, I don't know. It it I I like being able to look at this and say, oh yeah, they got it. But are they going to be able to bounce back? Are they going to fight? Are they going to be in a revival? Definitely, and and. The revival will come once they kill the one and duns. Once you kill the one and duns, the prestige will come back. Okay, I know I got to stay in school for three or four years. Why miles will play at a prestige program? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what constituted these prestige programs before guys was coming out early. You could go in, play three or four years. Look at that UNLV squad. Mm-hmm. They had yeah. mm-hmm. four seniors, and they went undefeated and ran that thing all the way yep. down. But those guys had played together for four years. Yeah, yeah. So That's it's what it just, takes. It's what it takes. That's and what it takes. I think you look at it like, for example, like last year, in last year's draft, you had uh, Anthony Edwards, who played for Georgia, normally not a top-tier basketball school. You had James Wiseman. Uh, who played for Memphis, who he kind of had his problems off the court too. 
but these guys are still some of the top draft picks. And I think what some of these kids coming in, you know, high schoolers, and when they choose their school, they're seeing, hey, you know, I don't have to go to this Kentucky or Duke and, you know, have to try and fight for a position, try and fight for a starting spot to play. Now, obviously, it's great to go to those schools because, you know, Mike Krzyzewski and John Calipari, you know, they're some of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. It's nice to be able to learn from them like that. But if you're a solid high school basketball player and you want to go to a more off-brand school, if you will, you can still get your name out there, know that, hey, I'm going to be starting. If I go to this school, you can get more of that attention for the upcoming draft and everything. It's not all about the money. And if the people who really want to give you money because they want to be able to see you you know, wearing their certain because they want to be able to see you. And, guys, we're about to go to break, so I want to come back for you a little something. But if they really want to be able to see you succeed and you really want to succeed yourself, you have enough kids out here these days marketing themselves via their Instagrams, their YouTubes, their Twitters, their Snapchats, all the rest of these things. And I've seen incredible athletes, and they don't end up getting a sign somewhere. So it doesn't always mean because you market yourself in that way. And now I think we're seeing more and more, especially with a lot of the – um, penalties and the punitive measures put down towards colleges because of their scandals, that right there is taking an effect, and that's what we're starting to see. So right now, when we get back with you, we're going to touch a little bit on X Games and some more winter sports with CBJ, and then a little bit uh, honoring one person um, in Black History Month. So right now, you're watching the Crockpot on Score on Air Network. All right, now we're back right now, and you're watching the Crockpot on the Score on Air Network. Um, we briefly cut off. I did want to go ahead and just touch on two additional teams here. Uh, it was Alabama, who's number 10 right now, and then Oklahoma, who's number 10 NCAA men's basketball. They're both and number 10? Alabama's, I don't know what's going like, on They could do, they could do that, man. So Alabama's number 10, Oklahoma's number 9. When Alabama... Alabama lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's number 24. Mm -hmm. They beat them. They dropped back a little bit. Then Oklahoma did, unfortunately, went and take a loss last night to Texas Tech, um, who's also on the rise. But one thing I want to note is that some individuals have revered Alabama as taking a very long run into this NCAA men's bracket. Now, with that said, them taking this loss right now, and what I want to point out is that it's an okay time for them to take this loss. If you've been on a run and all of a sudden you take a loss and you're looking at, shoot, almost two months out, 40 days from what is traditionally the start of March Madness, they can now get all their ducks in a row, okay? Mind all of, you know, dot all their I's and cross all their T's to be sure that they're polished, poised, and ready to go and make a run in that tournament. Now, I know that you have conference tournaments coming up. They're bound to lose another game. But I'm telling you right now, Alabama, to me, based on what I've seen, looks like a one seed. And even if they end up being a two, it's not going to be no 15 over two type deal. And that's just something I wanted to point out because that's a team I've been watching. They play together. They shoot really well. The three points just rain out of nowhere, and, you know, you're going to have an off game here or there. But for a team like that, you can actually come out and really catapult yourself into a perfect position getting into tournament time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, when you brought this to my attention, I 
when I'm watching college basketball, I'm, a, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I usually see everything that's going on in the Big Ten. And when you think Alabama, you don't really think of them as a basketball school. You know, they're always dominant in football. And you brought this to my attention, and I looked it up and seen that they were on, I believe it was a 10-game win streak. Okay. And I'm just like, wow, you know, this is not what I expected. Now you see they're ranked number 10 in the nation. And after watching, you know, the highlights and everything from that Oklahoma-Alabama game, I mean, yeah, they ended up taking the loss to Oklahoma, but – Watching those two game, watching those two teams was exciting. I mean, like you said, this could definitely be a team that both of them even could definitely make a deep playoff push. And you never usually see Alabama or Oklahoma in what the thirty, the top thirty-two. What is it called? It looked like looked like Pretty Boy is not really liking the Alabama there so much. It's not that I just don't like Alabama that much. I'm I'm not a fan of like NCAA basketball, college basketball. Anytime your best player don't get drafted, I just feel some type of way. Like I can't imagine watching college football and the best quarterback not being picked in the top rounds. Like the dude Garza, it's not even he'll be 60, 58. Yeah. yeah. Like No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No. But see though, but you don't believe the hype though. You mean to tell me that you don't like the top tier competition in any sport then? Sounds like that's what you're saying. You don't watch March Madness? You don't I, get I watch March Madness, man, but it's like if the top-tier competition, why are there so many upsets? Why is there two over 15? Why is there, why is there these upsets if they're so though so heavily or so much better than these other teams? Like Because I'm going to tell you the truth. We thought Cincinnati was a really good football team, right? And – in they a bowl are. game, they got shut down in that second half. That's they true. got exposed That's by a, a, per, a perennial powerhouse. So when you talk about how great a team is, if a team is really, really that great, they should not be folding to these mid-majors and these smaller programs. And that, and that's just what I feel like because, like, when you – like, we were talking about that UNLV team. Mm-hmm. They had nothing but stuff. Every um, player the, – the worst player on there was uh, Stacey Augman. So you look at Stacey Augman's career in the NBA, and he was a baller. So you just don't have that longevity from all those positions. Okay. Well, I mean, when it comes to March Madness, that's when teams show up to play. You know, most teams are like, once they get three-quarters of the way through the season, they're like, hey, we know that basically we finish out fairly strong. We got a bid. There's those other schools, like, for example, your, a few years ago when Mercer ended up beating Duke, like a 2 and a 15, like you said. You know, those teams are fighting every game to get into that March Madness tournament. And then when they do, they're like, hey, this is our chance to make a name for ourselves. This is our time to show up, show people who we really are, and shut down one of these perennial powerhouse teams. Well, you know what? I don't really want to end up going down the rabbit hole with that, but I feel like there is – it's okay to lose games sometimes, and if you're going to lose one, losing it right now as Alabama being where they are can end up making a run, and that's the point that I wanted to make there. Now, moving forward to some other winter sports stuff we have going on right now, I want to go ahead and point out the name Takaru Atsuka. If you haven't heard about him, look him up. This is a phenomenal 19-year-old X-game snowboarder. The dude is, is breathtaking to watch. I just the other night, and I wish I really wish that we had the clip, but if you go to his Instagram, Takaru Atsuka, I wish I had the spelling and everything for you. If you go to his Instagram, you'll see what he was doing the other night, and he did about, okay, so one rotation. 
I don't know how many of you, I know that I probably can't, go ahead and jump and do a full 360 and land back on your feet facing forward again, right? These cats are doing four and five rotations in the air with flips and stuff. I watched this dude do an 1800 the other night with flips and rotations and all the rest of that. That's five 360s yep. in the air on a big air competition. I had to do the math and real then quick. Land it and roll. Now, now here's what's interesting, and there's where I point out. The kid went and scored just a 49, one short of a perfect. So I don't know why they didn't even give him to because I've never seen that done before, but I was glued to the TV. So throughout these runs, I'm sitting there watching this cat like, oh, man, this is exciting. What am I going to do? And I'm not an X Games guy. I've never been on snow. I've never been on a snowboard or skis in my life. I remember sledding down a baby hill and a little mm-hmm. bunny when I was a child with the little strings on there, and I'm mm-hmm. getting in there and just go, and then you crash a little bit, and you got woods in your backyard, and you get stuff on you, and you got to go cry home to mama. But look, this cat went out and tried to outdo himself. And I don't know if it is the idiotic hubris of a young mind, but at 19 years old, this kid has zero fears doing some of the stuff that he was doing. And it was ridiculous to watch him try to outdo this 1800 that he did. Because then when he hit the slope the next time, he went and fell right on his back, finished the run, and then goes down the bottom, sitting her hands on his head. And I'm just, I mean... It's ridiculous for me to be able to see how good some of these guys can be, but so close to death is what I see when I'm watching this. Like, oh, my. Yeah. If you somehow lose yourself when you're up there or lose hold of the board, and I don't know. And if you know more about X Games, please go ahead, comment, share. Let me Teach me a little bit more about it because I'm glued to the screen watching this. I can't tell you what the trick is called, but look it up. Just look it up. It's phenomenal to be able to watch. This kid was absolutely unreal. He's a gold medalist in 2018 and 2019 and, and, and uh, winner X Games competitions, uh, big air contest. The dude's phenomenal. He was a world champion in the, in the Federation of International Skiing um, uh, back in 2018, I believe. Um, the dude's just unreal. And I don't see why it is that you would want to put yourself in a position to hurt yourself. Um, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't know if either one of you two. Snowboard, y'all, y'all get on the ice. Nope, none of that. Pretty boy says no. I've wanted to, you know, I've I've always wanted to snowboard. Um, but like you were saying, like these X Games, I mean, that's what they're for. Extreme. These guys do everything to the max. And I'm the same way. You know, I don't know too much about it, but the second it comes on TV, like with the Winter Olympics, the second that stuff comes on TV, I can't take my eyes off of it. Well, I'm getting ready for the Olympics. Go ahead. Um, I've been skiing one time, and uh. I basically just drank hot chocolate and watched everybody. Like you, it just <laughs> not for me, you know. So you mean you didn't pizza when you were supposed to French fry? I don't even know. Like, listen, it is very difficult to ski. Like snowboarding is actually a little bit easier. Like you know that. what I mean? But that that skiing, they're they're a little athletic. You know what I mean? A little coordinated. I mean, a little bit more practice. I might have been. You know, like I just start falling and it just was all up in my goggles and my eye and my no, face. No, the snow, I was cold. I said, We're the hot chocolate. I'm going to sit yeah. by the fire. Yeah, see, I mean, you can call it a cultural difference, call it what you want it, but look, I'm just not trying to get hurt, all right? You get me out there, and all of a sudden, I'm pissed off, I'm mad, you know, I don't know what exactly it was that happened, and, you know, now my legs are broke. Mm-hmm. I haven't broken a bone in my body, all right? And I got Pretty Boy over here, who is a, he's a masterpiece, a mastermind when it comes to working out and stuff, he's a trainer himself, so if he's telling you that coordination, strength, whatever it is, my legs would be straight dead going over some bunny hills. So I don't even tell me about walking up no kind of ski lifts. I'm with you 
All right, at the cabin, drinking hot chocolate, and we're going to throw some Baileys in it, too. Absolutely. Yes, but That's hey, the only way to do it. Let's take a trip to Mad River Mountain then, up in Bow Fountain, and we'll see what's happening. All mm-hmm. right, we're going up there and just test the waters out a little bit. That's, you know where that's at. Speaking of Bell Fountain, a uh, famous snowboarder, Louis Vito, is from there. Louis Vito. Okay, I heard that mm-hmm. name before. But look, what I, the point I wanted to make about Takaru Atsuka, look, man, if you're out there, I'm going to tag you. Please follow Jay Jackson on air. I want to get you on the show. 19-year-old from Japan, man. You're incredible to watch. I'd love to have you into the studio or at least be able to get you on a Skype. Holler at your boy. Um Oh, yeah, and Sean White, you got to go now. Like, you, these new cats is moving in. It's kind of like Tom Brady, all right, up and there in the, the older, in the older age and Patrick yep. Mahomes, like this Atsuka kid. And I, I just – I'll know more, and when we touch on this next time, the dude is phenomenal. I can't wait to watch him in the Olympics. Um, quick and some CBJ news for you. Uh, Patrick Line. Finally active tonight as the Blue Jackets host Dallas Stars at 7 p.m. at Nationwide Arena uh, here in Columbus, Ohio. That's going to be a very exciting game. Right now they're campaigning to be able to get limited fans inside of that stadium Mm -hmm. or inside of that arena, which is one of the top-rated fan experiences in the entire NHL, which is extremely exciting as I am a Blue Jackets fan. Riley Nash out tonight has just had a child, um, so out for personal reasons or because he welcomed a human into the world, uh, which is lovely. So congrats to you, Riley, if you're watching right now. And then uh, in their last couple of matchups, CBJ split with the Blackhawks. They traveled out to Chicago over the weekend. Um, You know, a couple games, not going to go too far in the depth with them um, at this time. But, you know, it really seems to me that they're finding their way again. There are some things that I will agree to disagree with. Regardless of those circumstances, I'm happy to have the Blue Jackets home and playing again. And right now, they're actually sitting in third place. They have 11 points, which is at the top of the division with number one. Uh, But they're currently sitting behind Florida and Tampa Bay. Um, But one thing that I will not um, forget to talk about is that it is Black History Month. And in Black History Month, a lot of people have been notable and honorable figures, people to look up to. And I believe that each one of us, you know, has somebody at least. And I know I didn't drop this on you too, Seth, or Pretty Boy. Um, I didn't drop that on y'all here coming in too. But there was someone that I did want to highlight, and that's something I'll be highlighting at least, you know, for a small couple minutes each week throughout the month of February to honor, um, you know, and it, Hey, and it doesn't even have to end up being, you know, an athlete, but obviously this is a sports podcast. So that's what I tailored it to. And there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, different coaches and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm sorry that I'm, you know, not able to recall some of the names. Um, but you know, there is an individual up at Bowling Green State University, um, who I had the pleasure of meeting and he was one of the first, or he was the first, uh, black player in the NCAA recognized, um, by colleges. And then in addition to that, um, the person who I want to highlight today is Jesse Owens. Uh, Jesse Owens, a four-time gold medalist, the 100-meter dash, the 200-meter dash, the 4 by one relay, and then in long jump. And at that time, this was 1936, and they played these games in Nazi Germany. And there was a lot of controversy at this time. And he was a, he was a cat from Alabama, I forget where in Alabama. Ended up coming up to the Ohio State University. They've got a memorial stadium built in 2001. It was a $6.5 million stadium. And none of those numbers really matter. They're not relevant. But the fact that he did what he did 
and to be able to unify people and be able to have a whole nation during a time when, you know, the whole world was jumbled by a Nazi regime and hosting an Olympics. And we send this guy out there and he just wins. And it's incredible to think about how someone like that can have an impact. But I also want to take note that in the last minute that he didn't really have so much of a future thereafter. He struggled to find a job. And so you can be the person that everybody is rooting for and calls you the best and the greatest and the this and the that. But when it came down to, and it may, perhaps it was the economy, I wasn't alive in the 30s and 40s, but he didn't have an opportunity to go out and really get a job when he came back. And he had even said, hey, I can't, these gold medals I have, people would say, you have money? These gold medals I have, I can't eat those. Those aren't putting food on the table. So these, these athletes take a lot of sacrifices, the point I want to make, and I also just want to be able to honor Jesse Owens as this week's um, notable black athlete in the um, Black History Month here in February. So, guys, we appreciate you coming out. Uh, once again, I'm Julian Jackson here, uh, Jay Jackson on air on Twitter and Instagram, and this is with Seth Donahoe, and with the Pretty Boys Champ producing, this is the Crock-Pot on the Score on Air Network. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Crockpot, brought to you by the Score On Air Network. You can watch and listen live on Tuesday afternoons. Be sure to follow me at jjacksononair on Twitter and Instagram for updates. Also, be sure to follow the Score On Air Network Facebook page. Thanks for listening.